0: It's great to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We want to welcome all of our listeners once again and express our appreciation again for you being here and wanting to learn more from God's Word. And we're thankful to God for giving us the opportunity, the ability, and the means to be able to be on this program and teach His Word so on such a broad, uh, widespread and broad way over the airwaves of the radio. We appreciate that opportunity, we take it seriously, and we want to also act in accordance with it responsibly. We want to try to do an excellent job of teaching God's word, and our prayer is that God will guide us always as we come together in the program, and that he will guide you as listeners to really grasp what is taught from God's word and to make the proper applications to your lives. Our prayers are with you and our prayers are for you and we really do care. We hope that as we study together each day from God's word, here on Search the Scriptures, that your knowledge of the Bible is growing and that your faith as a result is getting stronger and that as a result of that, you're coming closer to God and that you're becoming better equipped, better informed as to how God wants you to come to him for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins and then begin to walk that new life spiritually, that life of rebirth spiritually where you, wherein you're a new person and you're one with Christ and walking with God toward heaven. Our prayers are with you again and our prayers are for you we do hope and we pray that this is working for you. We wanna glorify God by teaching his word accurately and effectively and the effectiveness being to help you understand that word better. Now at the end of the program, we'll give you the information how to contact us and as we always do, we offer a free Bible study that you can receive through the regular mail. When we say free, we mean exactly that. We'll even take care of the postage. We don't want you to send us anything for it. It's really free. Also, we'd be glad to send you a copy of today's program or any of the programs on Search the Scriptures on CD, again, for free. And we'll take care of the postage. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready, and we'll give you the information how to contact us at the end of the program today. Dwayne Kennedy, brother, good to be back with you today.
1: Good to be back with you too as well, Gary. I want to encourage those of our listeners to continue to study with us and remembering all things that we do on this program is to God's glory. But we invite you to take advantage of the many ways that you can study God's word and because we all need to do that. Uh, there's so much frustration out there about what God actually says, but when we start studying His Word and paying attention to that, that frustration or confusion is a better way to say it, disappears. And we encourage you to take advantage of all the things that we offer, or at least as many of the ways that you can study with us. We invite you to do that.
0: Amen. And we do take this ministry very seriously, don't we, Dwayne? We do. Uh, And we do exactly as the name of the program suggests. We get into God's Word. We dig deep. We search the Scriptures, and yet we try to bring out the meaning in a clear fashion that's easy to understand, and that makes sense for everybody's daily lives as they strive to walk with God. And if you're not walking with God in faithfulness, then we pray that our study together will motivate you and stimulate you to do that to change your life and begin to walk with God. That's right. This is a great text, Dwayne, that we are studying right now in Daniel chapter five to stimulate people to walk with God because it's talking about an individual who had become arrogant in his own life, his own position, his own authority, his own power, and I guess you could say he knew about God at one time, at least, but he had pretty much put God somewhere way in the background of his life, maybe had forgotten about him altogether. Yes. We're talking about Belshazzar, who is identified in Daniel chapter five as king of Babylon. Now, he was actually co-ruler at that time, we can learn from history, with his father, Nabonidus, And he was a descendant of Nebuchadnezzar, probably a grandson somewhere down the line, of Nebuchadnezzar, who had been the king of Babylon when Babylon conquered Judah, that part of south Israel that still existed at that time, and destroyed the city of Jerusalem. Now, as the text tells us, Belshazzar, at this particular point in time, was throwing a great feast for 1,000 of his lords or his nobles. We can understand that. These would be officials within the kingdom, wouldn't they? Yes. And so it's a huge feast, and it was common in that culture of that day, in that part of the world, that they would eat that part of the feast that would be eaten, and then they would take part in what we would probably call a drinking party or maybe a drunken party. Yes. And they'd consume a lot of alcohol and you can imagine there would be a whole lot of people would ultimately develop various states of intoxication. Belshazzar very possibly had started to become intoxicated himself when he decreed or at least gave the order to bring the holy vessels that Nebuchadnezzar, his probably his grandfather, when he was king and conquered Jerusalem, that he had taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem. And that would have been a common practice. These vessels probably were made uh, out of precious metal, mm-hmm. and so they would have had some value, and a conquering king would certainly take everything that he could find within the conquered land that he had just defeated he'd take that back to his homeland that's right that would be bounty and that would really you know kind of uh, just help the treasury in his home kingdom so he brings those back but it would there, there would be probably something of an unspoken sense of respect for any such article right and not only for the articles themselves, but for the people who had been conquered. Now, Belshazzar, he breaks the rule. He does. He calls for the holy vessels from the temple of God in Jerusalem to be brought in. And they're going to be
1: used in this drinking party. And further, they were used in such a way that they drank two false gods. Oh Yes, yes. You're right.
0: And I'm glad you brought that out. You could think of them toasting the idols that they worshipped. Right. Now, that would just add insult to it's injury. Insult, yeah. It's just terrible. It is. That would certainly insult God to whom these holy vessels had been dedicated when they were manufactured and as they were used in the temple in Jerusalem years before. the The word of God is filled with condemnation of the worship of idols. Idols are nothing. They are inanimate objects. Right. And yet people would worship them as though they were deity. Yes. So to have these holy vessels that were dedicated to the worship of the only true God mm-hmm. being used to give honor to idols It's hard to imagine how God would have looked at that. Revolting, I'm sure. Yes, indeed. So a hand appears out of thin air and begins writing something on the plaster of the wall. Belshazzar sees it, and verse 6 says, his countenance changed, his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his hips were loosened and his knees knocked against each other
1: yes he literally lost it
0: in a fearful way <laughs> yes yeah could you imagine the blood draining from his face and all of a sudden his turning ghost white right. i'm just imagining text doesn't tell us that that that's kind of would go along with the sense of what the text does tell us his knees are knocking his the hip, the, the joints of his hips are loosened he his the countenance is troubled you get the idea he is scared mm-hmm. scared and so he wants to know what's going on. So he calls for the soothsayers and the, Chal- the Chaldeans and the astrologers. These would have been men who would have been considered wise men in the kingdom. And he calls for them to be brought in and tell him what the handwriting says and what it means. Can they do that? They, they could not. They, they could, could not, not do it. So the queen tells him about Daniel, Daniel, this captive from Judah who had served his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, as king and in whom Nebuchadnezzar saw the spirit of God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He, he saw that Daniel was a man of God and Nebuchadnezzar actually had made Daniel in his day the chief or the head of these wise men. Right. But it's interesting that Belshazzar apparently doesn't even know about Daniel. The administrations have changed. Yes. Time has passed on. And you know, Dwayne, how gullible we are, how fallible we are, how shallow we are, so often as human beings. A little time passes and we forget the lessons that have been learned.
1: The lessons of the past. Yes. That made us great. Yes,
0: yes. God blessed the nation of Babylon. That's right. To become the empire that it was. And here's Belshazzar who doesn't even know about Daniel. Now, he has Daniel brought to him after the queen tells him about Daniel. And he talks to Daniel and he says I've heard about you and uh, how you can solve enigmas, how you can uh, give enlightenment and he wants him to interpret the handwriting on the wall. Well Daniel reminds Belshazzar about Nebuchadnezzar, his grandfather. Mm -hmm. He reminds him that at one point in Nebuchadnezzar's reign, he became arrogant before God, and he thought he was so powerful and grand, and God judged him and punished him by removing his sanity. And Nebuchadnezzar lived out in the field as a wild animal until he came to his senses and recognized the majesty of God and gave God glory. That's and right. then God restored his sanity and restored his kingdom.
1: That's right. God humbles us and He exalts us.
0: And it's interesting, Dwayne. Here in Daniel chapter five, uh, in 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 verse um, uh, in in verse, let's see, verses seventeen through twenty-two, that. Uh, Daniel tells Belshazzar, you knew about this. You knew about this. And in verse 22, he says, but you, his son, have not humbled your heart. That's right. Although you knew all this, and you have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven. And then he tells him what he's done. Well, by this time, Belshazzar might have figured that much out. (laughs) But Daniel's laying it right in the line. Yeah, before he's not it. holding back. <laughs> not holding back. And he's telling, t- telling Belshazzar that basically he had made the same mistake, in principle at least, that his grandfather Nebuchadnezzar had made. Yes. Even though Belshazzar knew what Nebuchadnezzar had gone through. Well, again, we have a tough time learning the lessons and keeping them in the forefront of our minds, don't we?
1: That's right, we do, we forget.
0: Someone has said that uh, to not follow history is to repeat the mistakes
1: of history. That's right, and we do not want to repeat their mistakes or our own, we've got to remain humble. You know,
0: Dwayne, how many times do people make mistakes in their personal lives on a spiritual basis and they suffer the consequences. Yes. Sometimes dire consequences and then things pass. Maybe they repent. Maybe they pray to God and things pass and then before too long they're back making the same mistakes again.
1: Yeah. Seems to be our nature when we are not following the word of God anyway. Yes, yes. Very
0: foolish. Very foolish indeed. Well, let's go back to this particular text, Duane, and how about picking up with verse 18 again, just to refresh us, and uh, reading on down through verse
1: 24. O king, the most high God, Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and majesty, a a kingdom and majesty, glory, and honor, and because of the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whomever he wished, he executed. Whomever he wished, he kept alive. Whomever he wished, he set up, and whomever he wished, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was deposed and from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him then he was driven from the sons of men his heart was made like the beast and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys they fed him with grass like oxen his body and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till he knew that the most high god rules in the kingdom of men and appoints over it whomever he chooses. But you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all of this. And you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house before you, and you and your lords and your wives and your concubines have drunk wine from them. And have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know. And the God who holds your breath in his hands and owns all your ways, you have not glorified. Then the fingers of the hand were sent from him, and this writing was written, and this is the inscription that was written, Mini, Mini, Tikal Ufarsin. This is the interpretation of each word. Mini, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Pires, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command. And they clothed Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be third ruler in the kingdom.
0: Now, Daniel's pronouncing God's judgment upon Belshazzar. And here's the handwriting in the wall. Mene, mene, tekel, Upharsin, And as you read... God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Now that means it's at an end. That's right. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. And there's the title of this particular study as we've applied it to this study. Weighed in the balances and found wanting. In other words, you've come up short. You've been weighed and you don't balance. You've come up short. And then Perez, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Belshazzar could understand what that means. You're going to lose the kingdom, but the kingdom is going to be taken over by another kingdom. That's right. Look at verses 30
1: and 31. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain. And Darius, the Mede, received the kingdom being about 62 years old. So that very night,
0: now God's judgment was quick. That very night, the Medes and the Persians would march into the city of Babylon and take the kingdom, and Belshazzar would be executed. And
1: unlike Nebuchadnezzar, he could not repent. That's correct. He could not take it back. His
0: arrogance had cost him the kingdom and his life. Yes. Now, there's no way Daniel could have been complicit in all of this because Belshazzar didn't even know about Daniel. And so the queen tells him about Daniel, and Daniel's brought to him, and Daniel tells him, this is what's going to happen. He doesn't tell him when, but that very night it happens. We can learn from history that the Medo Persian army, and at least one account says that during the night they changed the course of the river that flowed under the wall of the city of Babylon. Now there may be some dispute over that historically, but at least that is one account. And as they then blocked the river flow in its natural direction and rerouted it in another direction, well of course the riverbed then became, we wouldn't say dry, it was certainly probably still muddy, but there was no more water there. So the army, the soldiers could actually march under the city or come in under the city wall and then open the gates undoubtedly and let the rest of the army in and they just took the city. Yes. And they slew the king, Belshazzar, that very night. Very vivid,
1: very graphic story. And a great story for us, Gary, because we can learn from the Old Testament to not go repeating that kind of thing. That yes. is, remaining humble before God and not arrogant to the point that we bring upon ourselves his wrath.
0: Yes, we need to be careful. And you know, Dwayne, there are a whole lot of us who, while we may not do the exact kind of things that Nebuchadnezzar did, Belshazzar did before God, we still are arrogant. Yes. We, we just think, hey... This is my life. I'll do with it what I want. I'm in control. Well, James tells us in James chapter 4 that we don't even know what the morrow might bring. Our life is like a vapor. It appears for a little time, then vanishes away. When we start talking about how big and how how self-reliant we are, that's arrogance before God. Belshazzar learned the hard way about his arrogance and about the majesty of God and about how he should have humbled himself before God. We need to learn the same lesson today. In our personal lives, we need to humble ourselves to obedience before God.
1: Lest we repeat history and repeat the fate of Belshazzar. Yes,
0: and of course, the worst of all, is not just losing our lives physically, but it's losing our soul for eternity. We do not want to do that. No. What a great story and so relevant for us today. We hope that this encourages you to rethink where your life is right now. And we hope that it will stimulate you to contact us and ask for that free Bible study that can change your life for the better. It is free. We'll take care of the postage. In just a moment, we'll tell you how to contact us. Please do that right away and get your life right with God.